Hey fam, welcome to the You Can Sit With Us podcast. My name is Lexi B and I am your host and executive producer. Let's get into it. Tiffany Renee Thomas is an experienced employment attorney and HR professional who blends a big law background with startup creativity to partner with clients to develop effective solutions to strategic and day-to-day employment law concerns. Tiffany holds the position of Assistant General Counsel, Employment Law and Benefits at Genentech, where she provides advice and support on all aspects of employment law and HR compliance. She is also the legal advisor to Genentech's Chief Diversity Office and is a member of the company's D&I board. Prior to joining Genentech, Tiffany held in-house positions at Visa and GE Digital, and she was an employment law partner at Reed Smith LLP, where she started her legal career and served as the firm's D&I program vice chair. A native to Richmond, California, Tiffany earned her Bachelor of Arts in Political Science from Stanford University and a JD from Berkeley Law. Hi, Tiffany. How are you? I'm great, Lexi. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here. I have admired you for so long, long before I think you knew that I ever existed. I was like, oh, Tiffany Thomas. Oh, that's that's a real one. That's like she knows what she's now. I don't know what she does, but like she knows what she's doing. There you go, putting 10 on a 20, but I like it. (laughs) So what is in your coffee cup? What you drinking with us today? Yeah, so I've got a couple of hours of work left to do. So I'm literally sipping tea. Okay. What kind of tea? What kind of tea do you drink? It's this herbal tea that I get off of Amazon. My mom was using it. And one day I just wanted some cold iced tea. So I just threw it in the refrigerator. Trying to be the best junk ever. Couldn't tell you the name. But I know, but Amazon knows to remind me to order it every other day. So Jeff Bezos knows your heart. Jeff Bezos knows your heart. Jeff gets all my money. All <laughs> my money. And I just have to where they can put it directly in your garage without leaving on the porch so it won't get stolen. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> and before we get started on our conversation, which I'm so excited about, I need to ask you my favorite question. Where are your people from? Where are you from? Where are you having this conversation today? And how does who you are affect what you do? You can't ask a better question. This is the this is the first last <laughs> question. That was a great one, girl. <laughs> I love talking about my people, and I love talking about where my uh, people are from. I'm on ancestry, getting in everybody's business. I think I just found out who my mom's granddad is. Long story, no judgment. Anyway. So both my parents, their people are from North Louisiana. On my dad's side, they're from Raybel Monroe. My dad was born in Winsboro, Louisiana. On my mom's side, they're from Shreveport and Cato Parish. And my mom, though, was born in Vallejo, California. Mm. It was outside of California, Vallejo. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to pronounce it, but it's just Vallejo. Um, (laughs) I was born in the same hospital as my mom in Vallejo. And uh, she and my dad got married and my dad's from Richmond, California. He moved here when he was about four or five um, with his extended family. Um, Mm. And I was raised in Richmond all my life. Um, Every time I give a talk or someone asks me a question, one of the first things that you got to know is that I'm from Richmond. If you know about Richmond, that says a lot about me. But it's not just because it has the reputation. Um, It's not just because it's where... Um, you know, folks are so afraid to come to um, back in the day. It's really because the city and kind of the way people see the city is kind of how I see myself. Right? Mm. So it's a, it was a city growing up where it's a lot of black, black and brown folks who really just wanted you to do well. Whether they knew you, they knew your daddy, they knew your uncle, they knew your grandparents. And if you weren't at home, you're supposed to be home, you know, they're snitching. Right there, I had the old lady across the street who I had to tell about my grades and tell about what I learned in Sunday school and tell her about, you know, what my parents are up to. I just had this village where people 
you know, outside of this space kind of looked at it like, oh my goodness, you're from Richmond. Right. But mm. these were the people that really poured into me um, and told me that, yeah, I'm from Richmond. You got to represent us like all of us didn't get this chance. So everywhere you go, you're doing whatever you're doing for us, um, which is why I love my city. I'm coming to you right now um, from the city of Pride and Purpose. I'm all of seven minutes um, from my mom's house where I grew up. Um, and so this is my home and this will this is probably where you'll find me nine times out of ten. She said, I am calling from the city of pride and purpose. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I also love the Louisiana connection. So fun fact about me, I did a stint in New Orleans when I was very young from the ages of like three to six or seven because my dad was in residency at Oshner Hospital. Um, Best years of my life, y'all. Best years of my life. The best food too. Half of Best food of my life. Half of my dad's family, while they were from North Louisiana, a lot of them moved to New Orleans. So I have mm-hmm. a huge group of family um, in New Orleans. So it's one of my favorite cities. Yes. Best food. Best food ever. Okay. Let's get into this. So you have worked in all the places and more importantly, where you have worked, you have become leaders in all of these places or just walked into a leadership role because you are just that girl and everybody knows it. So. You've worked in an actual legal firm, which I'm assuming reminds me of the show Suits, um, but hopefully everybody had their bar exam together. Then you transition. <laughs> but you know what? No judgment. People decide and activate the life they want to live, Tiffany. <laughs> and then you started activating yourself into in-house counsel in some of the largest companies in the world. And- I really think that one of the reasons you can do that and do that so successfully is not just because you're good at your job, but it's because you make sure people know that you're good at what you do. Tell me more about that. What does it look like to quote unquote brag at work? Some people call it bragging. I personally call it getting your check. But for you, how did you learn that you must be your own billboard to get what you want out of your career? Well, my, you know, my daddy being from the South, he has a lot of uh, sayings when he was alive. And one of the sayings was, it ain't bragging if it's the truth. Ooh. And that's how my daddy lived his whole life. He gonna tell you, he gonna tell it to you. He's not telling it to you to put you down. He just letting you know. He just wants you to know who he's dealing with, right? And so okay. kind of, you know, how I grew up. Um, and then also with my mom um, being a Bay Area girl and her brother being the Black Panthers, I'm used to introducing people to who I am. Mm. Um, I'm used to, as soon as I get in front of you, I'm going to tell you everything that you need to know, right? Um, just in case there's an opportunity there. Um, but, you know, that's growing up. Going to a place like Stanford for undergrad and Berkeley for law school, you know, when people ask you, you know, oh, where'd you go to school? You know, back in the day, you'd be like, oh, you know, on the peninsula, you know. <laughs> you know, You're better than me. I'm like, I'm like in in California and then they're like they're like where and I'm like the northern part and I just kind of leave it at that they're like Stanford no was it at Stanford right and because it kind of gets like that ick factor yeah kind of look at us kind of weird right yeah when my daddy cut me off I had to pay for law school I was like public school please but even that you know (laughs) isn't as easy to tell folks about um and so I used to kind of you know kind of shy away from it right um, but I remember my second evaluation as a junior associate at my law firm. This white guy comes in, older white guy. Um, everybody loved him, was the biggest trial attorney um, in the firm, really respected. And he sits down and he puts his uh, papers down, takes his glasses off, and he chuckles. And he says, you know, Tiffany, a lot of women have a hard time telling me how great they are. And you don't have that problem. <laughs> and my response was, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Right? Because another person would be like, damn, did I do too much? I'm like, yes, that's right. And immediately after that, this guy put me on one of his arbitrations. He became mm. one of my biggest mentors. He ended up, uh, the guy's name is John Siamis, and he ended up uh, being the son of the guy who put out Sam Cooke's first secular album. And back then, oh. they didn't have the artist on the uh, on the cover. 
he was a little white boy on the boogie board, right? This man was a sponsor throughout my career because I had the confidence. I was able to tell him, this is what I'm doing. Um, I was also able to tell him, um, you know, this is what someone's going to say, but let me explain it before they get to you, right? I call mm -hmm. it a predictive strike. Um, and so he just knew I was kind of like him, kind of a, an old white man. I'm going to tell you what I know. Um, and so that was like my real first lesson in the power of stepping into a room, taking up a space and telling people who you really are. Mm. Can you go back to that part of when you said, I'm the person that will tell you before someone else does? And you had a term for it. What was that term? I call it a preemptive strike. Um, early on in my career, um, I had a case and they didn't think they sent me because I was a junior associate and they didn't think I was going um, to win this motion. And shocker, Tiffany wins this motion. They're like, okay, we'll go into this hearing um, with the client. I'm like, I've never had a hearing before. They're like, ah, you'll be okay. We get to the mm -hmm. hearing and the judge who granted my motion was a different judge than the one who was doing the hearing. So I don't know what this judge is thinking, right? Um, and then the judge is really not siding with me like the other judge did. And this is my first hearing ever. And so I'm trying everything and I eventually lose the hearing, right? Mm. And when we got back from the hearing, the partners who assigned me the case, two women, white women, um, called and just berated me. You could have destroyed this client relationship and blah, blah, blah. Even though they told me it wasn't a minor, it was a minor thing, which is why they were having me handling it. They told me there's, they didn't care if I won or lost, right? Because I got close. They were so just berating me and just, I'm horrible. And they're going to write this in my report. Uh, they, they're going to tell so many people. And so I knew this was going to come up in my performance review. And so when I was doing my performance review, um, one of the areas I talked about was integrity. You know, they give you certain areas and different companies do it differently. But in my firm, they had kind of an open space. Um, about, mm. you know, tell us about how you're being a good attorney, basically. And so being an attorney, integrity is important to what we do. And I talked about how they put me in this situation and they asked me a question. Why did you tell the client that it was your first hearing? I said, well, the client asked. And they wanted me to lie. Well, you should have said that. You, you shouldn't have done that. You should have done something differently. Why didn't you tell the court that? Because it wasn't the truth. And so I'm saying I demonstrated integrity when these partners who've been practicing 20 years longer than I have were encouraging me to do the wrong thing, but I instinctively knew I did the right thing. And when they tried to tell me I was wrong, I stood my ground mm. and I told my manager, okay? Um, yes. You're not going to catch me, <laughs> tell my manager something that I haven't already told her, right? And so, you know, that's, that's how I've started you know, kind of documenting these things. And anytime someone says negative or, you know, can have a negative perception with me or I didn't have the best interaction or the person has a reputation for, you know, going after folks, I will put that up front. You're not going to catch me slipping. Let me tell you about it. I mean, it's just like in court, right? When you see on TV where they're like, you know, don't you have a criminal record? Aren't you here testifying because you got a plea deal? Well, I'm going to tell you about the plea deal up front. I'm not mm. sorry. I watched a lot of Law and Order. <laughs> Shout out to Olivia Benson and Law and Order SVU because in my head she's my friend and I will stand by her and judge her at the same time. Olivia and I've had a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations, Girl. Tiffany. So I get it. Her son works my nerves, and every time. Thank you. Oh, he's such a, he's such a terrible person. He, yes, that kid is going to be a serial killer. He's going to be just like his grandfather. Mm. Mm. Um, but you know, when I was taking the bar, anytime I didn't know one of the multiple choice, I'd be like. What would ADA Cap do? What would Lawson do? And I passed the first time. So. See? And ADA Cabot was one of the great ones. She was one of the great ones. Okay? Don't play Alex. Don't play Alex. Yes. It's interesting you mentioned... <laughs> yes. Love Alex. So it's interesting you mentioned that because I remember early on in my career, I love how you so eloquently explained it. I usually just go to work and I'm like, if you mess with me, I will snitch. But now I may say it like you say it, because the way you say it just sounds more um, more palatable for folks. Because I literally be in meetings and like, I'm a snitch, right? Because I'm very big on my manager is not going to have a surprise. Not at all. That is one thing that I will guarantee my manager. You will not have a surprise from me. I will go to you first and be like, so someone said ABC. And then I professionally responded with, yo mama. <laughs> so if you see them in the hallway or they send you an email 
you know I said what I said, and I'm going to tell you why. And here's all my evidence to back it up. I basically lawyer myself every day at work, Tiffany. (laughs) I I did the same thing just, I think it was last week when I had a phone call and it went left and I'm with one of my partners on the call and the people on the other end were just condescending and it was a video conference. They're rolling their eyes and not taking my legal advice seriously. And I was like, you know what? Never mind. You tell me what you want to do. I'm going to write it See, you tell me what you want to do and cut them off. I'm not playing these games right? I'm too, I'm too old for this. My knees hurt. Like I don't, I don't have time for this. <laughs> and so at the end of the call, you know, they're like, okay, well, I guess we want to thank you so-and-so for your advice. And Tiffany, we want to click hung up. Don't waste my time. <laughs> and so immediately I got on my, uh, <laughs> cover the fraud typewriter and I'm going to type into my boss. Like, so I may or may not have hung up on somebody, um, most likely I did. And you may be getting a call, but here's what happened. Right. You know, what had happened was exactly, exactly. And then, and then your manager can better support you though. My manager right? supported me five minutes later by saying, I wish they would. I say, yes. This sounds like a very phenomenal relationship. That's what I've learned from this conversation. She, 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 okay. When you have a manager, that's like, sounds great. Wear the Timberlands and Vaseline. Let's go. Y'all need to keep that manager for life. That is a four-lifer. <laughs> she, she's amazing and she supports me in everything I do. And so I'm very fortunate in that way. I love it. I love it. So I'm sure you are you are raised in this culture of, you know, in my Papa Tiffany voice, if it's true, is it bragging? I'm sure you have been in situations though where because you are saying that it's true because you know jealousy is the root of all evil at least that's what the bible says because people are intimidated by your success and then to add layers on layers of intersectionality you are a dark-skinned black woman telling the truth which happens to be i'm good at my job that you've had people that have pushed back can you give us an experience a time when you advocating for yourself and the work that you did someone tried to buck back I mean, so you always have to pick and choose, right? I'm not going around now. I, I wear a Stanford t-shirt on every Friday to let them know. We'll rotate it out with the, you know, Berkeley Law sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not walking around like, you know, with Stanford, you know, you know, I'm really good at my job, you know. And so it's not, um, it's, you just have to finesse it. You know, have to know your audience. Mm. Right? And so, and, you know, one of the reasons I lo- left a position was, um, because in one of these situations where someone didn't like my advice, um, not in my current employer, thankfully, but mm-hmm. um, someone didn't like my advice. There were about 10 people on the call and this person showed their whole ass. Like it, they were rude. They were condescending. And you know what? I had, I got a good night's sleep that night. I let it ride. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't go off. I just gave him the Tiffany smile and kept moving. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, you know, after the call, it was so bad that the other folks on the call scheduled a follow-up call to apologize for the behavior of their team member. Oh. So, you know, send my little email to my manager. Don't think anything else of it. Then that person calls my manager and had, Tiffany was rude. She didn't listen to me. She didn't give me good advice. All these things, right? So a manager calls me into the office and she says, you know, Tiffany, I got this complaint. She said this, that, and other. I said, do you talk to anyone else? By the complaint, mm-hmm. no, but you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. And I said, well, what you need to understand is I've been doing this for a long time and people can say mm-hmm. a lot of things about me, but what they're not going to say is that I don't give good advice and that I was rude and condescending, especially when other people are present. The reason I have the relationships that I have is because I'm neither rude nor condescending. And this chick, we actually went to the same school. Um, so I couldn't be like, just so you know, um, but, I, but you know, and she was like, well, you know, it doesn't really matter how good you are. Perception is what is it? Nine tenths the law. And I was like, well, if that's the case, this is not the right place for me. And mm-hmm. I started applying the next day. Um, and so, you know, I told her who I was. I told her, you know, she had to know who, how great I was. Cause she was my new boss. She had to hear about me of all people. Right. Right. Um, but when I'm telling her, this is what, this is what I do. This is what I've been doing my whole career. What are you talking about? And there's, there's other ways to verify this, but accept, but instead you're going to accept what this woman told you, which is contrary to everything you've heard about me and what 
And what you've heard about me is great. I already know. But what I'm telling you is contrary to what I'm telling you. And you're not going to give me that benefit of the doubt. That's not a place for me. But I was senior enough in my career and I knew I had other options to be able to say, okay, it's time to look for something new because this is not going to be a place where I'm going to thrive. If you are intimidated by my greatness, I can't work for you. Mm. If you don't want to see me thrive, I can't work for you. If you're not going to defend me when I'm not there against some blatant bull that doesn't even sound like me, I can't trust you to be my manager. You said, if you are intimidated by me and my greatness, this is not going to work. Let's go deeper into that. I think that's a wonderful sub-lesson of this conversation because as a person who has managed people, I always tell people, I'm hiring people that are better than me. I want you to go flourish. I am not intimidated by my direct report's greatness because that's why I hired you because your greatness makes my job easier. Tell me more about that statement. Well, the reason why I love my team right now is that when one of us wins, we all win, right? Okay. And so when one of us wins, it's a, it's a triumph for the entire team. It makes my boss look good. Yeah. It makes my boss's boss look good. It makes our general counsel look good. So why would you want to pull the very best out of folks? Not because you don't want to do it, because you don't have to do it. Mm. People shine, you shine right? You don't have to do everything. And so every time I go into a new company, I kind of raise my hand for the type of work that I want. And the type of work that I want is, you know, some of the more difficult work. It's, it's work that, um, especially in the DNI space, that a lot of companies haven't figured out. So I'm like, you know what? I've been doing this for too long. Let me go ahead and lend my expertise because I know that's the area where I can de- demonstrate my competence my extensive experience and it's low hanging fruit to make my manager look good. It's a very easy way for me to come in and let you know I'm highly competent in this area and you are lucky to have me. I sound like an asshole. I know that, but <laughs> it is what it is, right? Because if I were sitting here as a cis, straight, white man, yep, people would just say, oh, he's confident. He knows his worth. He, he's not going to take any of that bull. Like, whatever they say, right? Like, he, a guy would be praised for this. Whereas yeah. women, especially depending on the culture that you're from, you're either acting like a man, which is weird, weird flex, right? Or you are bitchy or controlling or you're cocky mm-hmm. or you're aggressive, right? And you, you know me, you know how much I smile. You have no idea how many times people have told me, confessed that initially they were intimidated by me. Like I am five, two on a good day. <laughs> like I wore double socks and I got to that five, two, the last time I got measured, <laughs> I was like, I was so happy because I was five, one and three quarters. Anyway, like, I'm not an intimidating person, but I also, I don't do dumb stuff. I'm not going to tolerate dumb stuff. I'm not going to do things that aren't my job. I'm not going to do things for you, for you to get the credit. And I'm not going to be quiet when I see something, you know, that I don't like. But again, you know, I've been practicing since 2005, right? I'm Mm. not a first year associate. I'm not a junior attorney. Um, I've earned, I believe, um, the right and the ability to say what I will and what I won't deal with. Um, and I'm fortunate enough now to be at a place where that's welcome and it's encouraged. And, you know, my manager and I giggle at our greatness all the time. Like, girl, you did that. I don't know. You know, <laughs> you have to find your people. I think historically women um, of all races and faces and journeys into womanhood, we are, you know, people love to use these words, aggressive and intimidating and cocky and like you said, my, my personal favorite is stop acting like a man when the men are actually in power. That's a whole separate episode for a different day. And they use it because they're trying to put women in their place of within the patriarchy. And I think that there's even more layers and flavors into that when we're talking about different intersectionalities of women. The number of times that I've been called aggressive in performance reviews is wild is wild actively knowing that if someone who did not look like me did the same exact thing they would be praised and promoted right so i get that completely tell me more about 
creating this billboard for yourself, not only with your manager, so building that trust with your manager, but all of the people that you work with before the performance review. What I've seen with a lot of people, Tiffany, is that when it's performance review time, everybody loves to talk, right? Performance review is the easiest place to brag because that's when you do it. It's like a designated time in the year where your company or organization says, write all the good things down. Is it important, though, to billboard yourself all year, regardless of if it's performance review time? How do you work with that? Yep. So two things. I always, um, I'm so old, I used to call it a props folder in my Outlook, right? Um, I had one on my BlackBerry, too, where anytime someone says something good, I'm like, that's a prop. Props to me. And I'll put it in my prop folder, right? And so then I will have a record of everything that everyone has said, everything that's done. So if something in my review is contrary to what they said, I have this, right? And so mm-hmm. also my accomplishments and things like that. So at the end of the year, when I'm trying to do my performance review, I'm not trying to remember what happened 12, 11 months ago, because you're never going to get it. So you're just passing up on great content that you can be using to, you know, toot your own horn so that you can get the high performance review. You can get a bigger merit increase so you can get, you know, wherever you are, bonus stock, whatever, right? But as I've gotten older, what I started to do, because I can't, I can't keep going back through all the folders, right? Right. Um, but I just keep a running list, um, especially with my one-on-ones. I turn that into a reminder of what I'm working on or what the big projects that I'm working on and the successes that I've had. So I don't lose it because it may be major to me today, but months from now, I'm never going to remember because I'm just so busy, Right. And then Mm. at the same time, during my one-on-ones with my manager, yes, I come with an agenda. Um, Sometimes I give it to her. Most times I just keep it to myself. And, you know, we go through what we need to talk to. But in the midst of me updating her on things, I'm also using that time to tell her the amazing things that I'm doing. The difficult, also the difficulties that I've had. So it's one thing where you want to, you know, tell people about yourself, tell them how great you are. You want to brag on yourself. It has to be truthful. Right. Yes. That's the only reason you can only way you can maintain credibility when something wrong happens. Right. And so if I'm having an issue, someone's not listening, um, this organization's, you know, systems are playing with what we need to do to comply with a certain law. I tell her those things. I tell her how I'm working on it. And then I update her on the progress that I'm making. Right. And so it's not just like, you know, I'm great. I did this. Somebody loves me. You know, write it down. Um, it's a balanced picture of what I'm doing, but my boss knows that at all times, my plate is full. I'm working on the things that are assigned to me. I'm taking on some things that aren't assigned to me and I'm just here to make your life easier and to make you look good. Um, and so I think it's just important to use those regular check-ins with your manager. Also schedule a check-in with your skip level because just as much as your manager may know what you're doing, they may not be communicating that to your skip level who may be in the room and making the decisions and having to fight for certain people when they're doing calibrations or when they're doing budgeting or they're deciding, you know, where people are going to fall within the organization. Like go to everyone who has a say in your future, your compensation, your ability to be promoted. Make sure that those folks are as aware of what you're doing um, as your manager, Um, because then you'll have two voices in the room where you're not. Mm. I always like to find out who's in the calibration meeting. Um, For folks who don't know, a calibration at a lot of these major companies is a group of people who actively decide who's getting promoted. And what I've learned is that many times you can do great work. You can brag. It can be the good brag. It can be, you know, it can be the strategic brag and put together well, and you will not get promoted because a lot of it is politics. Whenever I start a new job, I'm like, who is you know, the council, who was the King Arthur's council for my paycheck because I want to be friends with them. Yeah. I mean, and so it depends on how the company works, right? And so it may be in smaller groups, maybe bigger groups, it might be across a major organization or just a small team, right? So, and the calibrations also take place um, during um, a review period. Some people do Mm -hmm. make sure that folks are being um, reviewed in the same way. They do it sometimes for um, pay decisions. Um, and so the one thing that you don't have to worry about me is you're going to know what to say in that, in that session. So anytime mm. I've been up for a promotion, when I was up for a partnership, when I was up for a promotion at my current job, they say, you know, just give me some bullet points. We know what you do. Thank you. Bullet points. Five pages letter, later, right? <laughs> Bullets. 
headings, <laughs> like everything you need to say. Tiffany had pictures. She had animations. She was like, look, I'm going to give you a visual, okay? <laughs> you better be glad I can't figure out PowerPoint because child, I would have a presentation. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then what I would do was I would do that against the the um, promotion information, right? So yes. if you get promoted to the next level, here's the criteria for that level. I'm going to break it down by that criteria and tell you why I'm ready for the next level. Same mm. thing with going for partnership. Here are my relationships. Here are the things that I'm competent in. Here are my own clients. Here are the clients I work for for everyone else. Here's the amount of money that I brought in. Boom. There's no other choice, Right. Um, mm. So you just make you just want to make it easy for them. You don't want to, your manager has enough on their plate. Let them, right. When you have to think about you, give them the thinking points. They don't need to do that on their own. Who knows you better than you? Who knows what you've been doing better than what than you? Right. And so when you set that all out and make it easy and make it plain for them, so that if they're arguing with someone about you know whether they are a team player enough, you can talk about all the projects that you volunteered for. You talk about all the cross-functional teams you've worked with. You can talk about your relationships across the business that furthers um, your, you know, the credibility of your particular department. Um, so use all those opportunities to lay it all out there. And look, they're not going to read the whole thing. but if They, they will not. <laughs> if they want to, it's there. I'm not, there's not a thing that I'm not going to remind you about when it comes to my mind. Mm, she said, there is not a thing that I'm not going to remind you about when it comes to my money. That is a quote, a message in word. Girl. I love that. I love that. Let's talk about, if, if we're going to sit here and talk about how to brag for yourself, we also have to honor the ancestry and karma who, in my opinion, karma is a black woman with a huge Afro and gold hoops. Hilarious. The, the bamboo gold hoops specifically. Okay. Um, we have to also be good stewards into making sure giving feedback to other people. I want to hear your thoughts and tips and tricks on that of making sure that we are giving continuous good feedback to other people that can support their career. So, you know, employment law attorney do HR work. So this is <laughs> what I beg people all the time. Mm. You just have to be accurate. Whether someone is flourishing, they're struggling a bit, or they're on the way out the door. You have to be accurate because when you fudge the truth or you don't want to hurt their feelings or you're afraid of what they're going to say, it's always going to come back and bite you. Take it from me, right? Mm. The more you let it get away, when you finally uh, want to address the issue, nine times out of 10 is too late, right? Because what you said is now inconsistent with the situation that you're facing. If you would have been candid about a performance concern or another concern earlier on, you could have worked past that. You could have been working on it. But the more you kind of sugarcoat it and don't give direct feedback, the more likely it is that by the time you're ready to do it, it's too late. And you're going to be hamstrung by somebody like me in the legal department saying you need to do more work to get there. Mm. But just when you think about performance management or you think about giving people feedback or giving your friends feedback or because I have my personal board directors, they check me on a regular basis. Yeah, I got a big head, but these have us keep me humble, right? See? Um, but, you well, know, when you're talking to your friends, you have to be candid because your advice, when you really want to give it, it won't be believed if you can't give a fair picture. And when you think about giving someone feedback, you have to think about how would you want to receive that feedback? Mm. If I'm really messing up, do I really want someone to string me along or to tell me? If I'm really not getting this concept or if I keep making this miss at work, do I want someone not to bring it to my attention because they're my friend or because they like me or because they don't want to hurt my feelings? No, I need to know because I want to be the best at what I do. And, but more importantly, I want to keep my good job. Amen. I want to keep my relationships, right? And so you got to think about how would you want someone to show up for you in that moment? And it's mm. especially hard, but sometimes, you know, we the best things that we can do for each other, especially as black women, is to be candid. Sometimes it's like, sis, that ain't it. Mm. You, you, you got laid off from this job. You got fired from that job. You got a problem with this manager. You got a problem with that manager. And this has been happening over 10 years of our relationship. At some point, it might just be you, mm. right? And everybody needs that person in their life to be able to tell them that because nobody's perfect who get pretty close, but nobody's perfect. Everybody, you know, stumbles and needs that reality check. And, you know, I'm fortunate that I have folks who delight 
and uh, let me know when I'm going down the wrong path. But sister, you're wrong. Um, but it's it, those are the people you have to have in your corner because they'll they'll tell you the truth when you need it the most. When you talk about feedback in that light, it also sounds like you're talking about trust. So building building relationships with people and building spaces for people where when you are giving this feedback, they come into the room actively knowing that this is a safe space. Yeah. And I mean, and I'm not the person that's just going to start giving you advice, right? Right. I ask you if you want it and stop me at any time. If I go too far, it's hitting a nerve. But I had a pastor that said, when you get mad, it means it's accurate. Like, mm. <laughs> when you get mad, it means you're guilty. Right? Mm. So I'm, I'm going to, if you ask for my advice, I'm going to give you my advice. And just like with my clients at work, it's just my advice. You can take it or you can leave it. But when you engage in a relationship with me, this is what you're going to get. So I have like my, I call my mentee booze over my, you know, 18 year career. I've had law students who are now senior attorneys. I'm so um, you know, I have uh, people that I've met through different organizations who I've mentored or whatever. And for each of those people, I tell them up front, like, okay, I, we will have these mentor conversations. I will be your mentor. However, when you need, you know, someone to tell you what's what, I might be that person and might not always be good. And I'm always going to try to help you get to where you want to go. But sometimes you're going to have to take a step back and recalibrate. Um, and if you don't want to hear it, let me know that up front. Um, and we can, you know, move in that way. But I think giving feedback is one of the greatest gifts, especially if you're a person who's not really self-aware, right? Mm -hmm. Or you don't have good, um, emotional intelligence and you can kind of read a room. Um, you, those are the people that, you know, really need someone in their corner to tell them, you know, you need to tone it down on this end or you need to step it up on that end. Feedback has saved my career single-handedly. Mm. Um, well, let's take that back. Feedback has not saved my career. Me being open to receiving the feedback and course correcting has saved me from my career. Mm. Can you talk more? Because what you're saying about feedback is so brilliant. We also have to discuss though, people receiving the feedback. And I've definitely been in situations where, girl, the table was laid out. Yeah. It looked like New Year's Eve dinner with the good black eyed peas. Okay. <laughs> And it was very clear the feedbacker put a lot of work to lay this table out. And the person who was supposed to receive, they stumped on that table, cussed everybody out and walked away. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on not only giving the feedback, but being in a mental space and an emotional space to actually receive the table of feedback when someone puts so much effort into laying this out for you? I mean, so you have to treat feedback like advice or your mama. Mm. You listen or not, right? Which you would hope that she has your best interests at heart and someone who's putting time into giving you feedback, especially especially critical feedback, that they have your best interests at heart too. So one example, I didn't take the feedback. I was just like, I, I can't do it. It's too much of a change for me, right? When I was um, a junior associate um, podcast, doing podcasts and doing um, phone virtual um, presentations was a new thing, right? So I did a presentation and two of my mentors who were both black senior attorneys came to me and they were, and separately were like, girl, when you speak, your Southern accent comes out. Now, I've never been born in the South, raised a lot by my grandmothers. My accent a little bit. Deeper. That's where it comes from. It's Grandma Tiffany. That's where it comes from. My parent, my accent is deeper than my parents. It's so strange, right? But I'm also from the Bay Area, right? So we've got a whole different little thing here. And they said, when you speak, you have a Southern accent and people will think that you're not smart. They will think that you don't know how to talk. They will think that, you know, they can't trust the advice that you're giving. And I sat with that and like my feelings were hurt because I was like, I was just talking how I talk. Yeah. <laughs> and so how am I going to change this? And it was really nerve wracking. And then a few weeks later, I went to our trial training program where we had to give like, do a mini trial. And I had to give the summation um, to the jury at the end. And I did it. I did my summation. And then I sat down tired and then we got feedback. And it ended up being the same guy who was my mentor that I spoke about early on. 
And because he was the head of the trial training program, he said, Tiffany, when you speak, you sound like a Southern Baptist minister with fire and brimstone in their heart. And so I put my head down. Tiffany. Who said, don't ever lose that quality. He said fire and brimstone in your heart. In my heart. He said, do not lose that quality. It was engaging. It was entertaining. It was you. This is why people like you. This is why you people can people draw you, why you can draw people in. He said, don't ever lose that quality to who you are. Mm. Right. And he's a white man. And so I, you know, I was conflicted with my, my two people and they're still mentors to this day. But then I also had, you know, how I felt about myself. And then I have someone validating it right after that. Right. So that I didn't take that advice. And as you can tell during this call, you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, but I've had other situations where someone is just not getting it. And, you know, they push back and they give excuses. And look, I got a lot of stuff on my plate. If I'm giving you advice, it's because I really care. If I'm trying to give right. you feedback, I, I want to help, right? I see something that I can help you with. But if you're not going to take my feedback or you keep complaining about the same thing over and over again and asking me for my feedback and I give it to you. And then six months later, we're in the same place where you're complaining about the same thing. I just gave you feedback about before. I can't help you. I can't want more for you than you want for yourself. So if you want to receive feedback, you have to be open to the good, the bad, and the ugly. But know that it's only feedback. You don't have to take it. It may be in your best interest not to take it, especially if you don't know where that feedback is really coming from, right? Because mm. some people who are praying for your downfall, right? Um, or who like to sabotage. But you at least have to take the feedback. And don't be upset with the person that's giving it to you. You ask for it. Right. If you're going to ask for feedback, be prepared to have that candid feedback and to be receptive. And if you can't do that, don't ask for it. Because you only got but one time with me and I, I can't waste my time anymore. And then also maybe maybe what you're saying is feedback is not a yes or no. Maybe it's a yes and. Because yeah. in that situation with those two women who happen to be Black, as a person who was also raised in the Midwest Southern roots and was also raised by pastors and people in the church that by the way folks the best orators in the world if you want to learn how to give a speech okay if you want to learn how to ignite passion and emotion in someone just go to a, a go to a black baptist church on a sunday Period. you want to learn how to fill in because you forgot the next line yeah right you know what i'm saying um press walls yes exactly like you just go to a black baptist church on a sunday okay um, on a regular Sunday, not at revival, because that, that may be too much for you, but on a regular Sunday, you will see what it means to entertain and deliver a message at the same time. Maybe it's, it's Tiffany, you can't be that all the time. Right. Right. Maybe it's a spectrum of you can't be, you know, many, many pastor every time you do a presentation, but maybe it's, there are these moments though, where we go need you know, the Bayard Rustin and the MLK and the Malcolm X to come out. Like, we gonna need it, girl. We gonna need it. This is the stage. Let's go. Right. And you always have to know your audience. And so mm. when we were chatting about this conversation, I said, which Timothy do you want? Um, because, you know, if I'm giving a presentation to our chief diversity office, right? right. These folks are plugged in. They are into authentic authenticity. They're into come as you are. And they know me, right? So I can cut up. I, right. I could do a little dance. You know how dance that works. They, like, yes. they really can't all dance, right? You know, I'm not, you know, but I can, I can cut up with them because I'm, I'm being me and they right. see the genuineness of what I'm saying, right? When I'm with a, with a different client group, if I'm meeting them for the first time, I got to fill you out. Everybody doesn't like funny Tiffany, right? With one of my, uh, one of the leaders in my organization, I had a meeting with her and my, my, none of my jokes were landing. And then I talked to my boss later. She's like, Ooh, didn't tell you they don't really have a funny ball. I'm like, ah, I should have done our reconnaissance ahead of time, right? <laughs> you gotta know your audience, and 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 people call it cold switching. I don't think my it, I don't think my cold switches. I think it's more like a dimmer, you know. Mm. So you, you I turn it up and turn it down as I need to, right? Because if I did cold switch, I wouldn't have a job. Let's just let's just be honest. Right. Um, but the way I am with certain groups aren't the same way I am with other groups. When I have credibility with you, when I've worked with you, we've had a good time. 
in working because I laugh every single day in my career. That's the best. <laughs> that's the best part about it being an employment attorney because there's something hilarious happening every single moment of every single day. <laughs> Not a day that goes by that I don't laugh. And so when we have that rapport, yes, I can get a little bit lo more loose with you. But, you know, if I don't know you or I'm trying to make an impression or, you know, as a member of our C-suite, some of them, you know, I'll give them a high five. Some of them, I'll give them a hearty handshake, right? Right. Um, it just depends on the circumstances and what you're trying to what you're trying to do. I've been practicing long enough where I have the credibility that, you know, if I give my CEO a high five, because he tried to give me a high five and I dodged it and brought it into a handshake, not in front of all these people. But if he did, but if I wanted to give him a high five, I could have. Yeah. Right. And so it's just knowing your relationship, knowing who these people are and just taking in the setting and making the decision that seems authentic for you in that moment. Mm. As we wrap up, I have to ask you, since we are talking about if it's true, it's not bragging in my Papa Tiffany voice. <laughs> what is one thing that you are really good at at work? Let's brag a little bit. The one thing I am really good at is meeting people where they are. And mm. I think it's a function of how I grew up. My mom worked for social security. She was a college graduate, first um, college graduate um, with a four-year degree in her family. My father went to Vietnam, was in the Army Reserve, worked at Mare Island Naval Shipyard, didn't have a college education, um, but he invested his money in real estate. Um, and that's how he was able to pay for me to go to Stanford, right? Mm. And so I am proud of the fact that I can move in any room. I will give the person in the mail room, the person in the cafeteria, the same respect and deference as I would um, some of our C-suite officers, right? I don't really make a distinction about people based on who they are or what they do. I meet you where you are. So if I'm doing some, if I'm giving a presentation, doing some education, I try to find out who's in that audience. So I don't speak to you, giving you stuff that you already know. But I also don't talk over your head, right? And I think one of the best skills that I have is being able to read the room and to present myself in a way that gives me credibility, but also kind of lightens the mood and makes folks more comfortable talking to someone illegal. Because, you know, anytime you get called into legal, nine times out of 10, if you're if you're in my position, it's not a good situation for you. No, I never <laughs> want to talk to employment legal. I don't care how nice y'all are. I don't want... Tiffany, I don't want the Slack message. I don't want the email. My favorite, so we're going to talk about y'all. My favorite are when y'all put like 30-minute syncs on people's calendars. It'll be like a Monday at 9 a.m. And they'll be like, Lexi, we just wanted to connect. And I'm like, about what? We can discuss live. And I'm like, no, I don't want to come. Cough, cough. I just got sick. I don't want to be there, right? Nobody wants to talk to you, Tiffany. Not an employment law. I had one of those on Friday and I was like, let me not send them a message from legal on a Friday. Everyone there, but there we can. Thank you. For a time for 8 a.m. Let's ruin your day. <laughs> Nobody wants that. No, we're going to leave with a lesson. Everybody make a friend with an employment attorney. These are some of the funniest people. The most of them should not be practicing employment law because we say the worst stuff if not we, them. <laughs> it's like not me, like, but some of my peers. Some of the yes. Fun people with the best stories you ever get you get you a friend in legal. Get you a friend in the employment law group. We are a good time. I'm not gonna lie, I do always have somebody in employment legal and I do it to bounce ideas. So I'm the one that will slap you, Tiffany, or chat you and be like, can we talk for 30 minutes and we'll get on the phone? And I'm like, so hypothetically, if so-and-so said X, how would you best respond? Hilarious. Yes. Great <laughs> sounding boards. We like the drama. Great oh, I know y'all. Actually, here's the thing. Employment lawyers, I think, are like the pettiest people in the world. And I know y'all are sitting there just eating popcorn like, so what had happened? It's, right? It's, employment law is if Maury Povich and Judge Mathis had a baby. Mm. It's just, it's chef's kiss. It's, it's yes. just amazing. Yes. So that's the lesson, y'all. Get Find you a friend in employment law. So Ooh. you can always just bounce ideas because they know how to respond to things in the most appropriate way. So well, find we'll someone you can- give feedback. We go give you that good feedback. Oh, of course. Be, be prepared for the feedback. I've had multiple employment lawyers call me out and say, you did what? Uh -huh. To who? And I'm like, oh, okay, so then how do we, 
how do we fix it? Because yeah, that that may have happened thirty minutes ago. Oh, you think they're racist? <laughs> I heard you missed your last six deadline. <laughs> All right. Why you gotta go there, Tiffany? Why you gotta go there? <laughs> ah, speaking to somebody. <laughs> oh, you think they don't like you, but yet you've been late to all of their meetings. Okay. You told okay. them they, they can't tell you to do your job. <laughs> they can, because they're your manager. But yes, 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 yes. Legal fair for Pete. <laughs> Tiffany, before we wrap up, what should we be looking out for you in the next couple of months? How can we support you? How can we find you? How can we follow you? Girls send prayers. I I Ooh. keep playing a lotto and I keep losing. I just, <laughs> and I'm not the greedy person. I don't need a billion. Just give me 10 million after taxes. I'll be all right. Y'all, <laughs> if I could put that on the prayer list, I would Amen. be totally, totally grateful. Um, but, <laughs> but just keep doing stuff like this. like And stuff like Sister Circle, like those things inspire folks like me. So keep going and doing what you're doing. Um, I don't have anything planned in the next couple of months. I'm over here trying to be a small landlord, trying to keep my job and uh, raising these uh, 75-year-olds. Hard work. Raising these old people. <laughs> these 75-year-old elder kids. Oh, she tries me every single day. So add that to the prayer list. But, you know, if you have opportunities where you um, need a, a sister in the law to come speak, I'm happy. Yes. Depending, look, depending on the circumstances, right? I'm not flying across the country for some bull. But yeah. You know, but also, you know, if you have folks who are um, looking to get into the employment law space or looking to move in house, you know, I'm always happy to talk to folks and meet new people um, and, you know, just keep busy giving back. So. I love something. it. Not all y'all now. Don't do that. If I get 5,000 free requests, see Lexi. <laughs> I'm like Tiffany about to be Beyonce. She is the local employment lawyer who will tell you about yourself. Yeah, we're not going to do all that. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. I'm not trying to, I'm not, I don't need an accountant. Okay. I don't need, I don't need someone to come look to do my closet LinkedIn. Like I don't want to do Bitcoin. Okay. But if there's something that I can help with, I'm happy to. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, sis. Of course. Thank you for inviting me. This is fun. <laughs> and... Thank you so much for joining our table today. Remember to follow me on LinkedIn at LexiB and subscribe to our newsletter to get all the hot tea on updates, upcoming guests, and more. Stay honest, stay curious, and above all, stay authentic. Much love, fam. Much love.